0: Monsters fans, welcome back to the latest edition of the Monsters View podcast. We are presented by Coinever. Get paid in crypto. Visit joincoinever.com. Nicole, it's great to be back off the road. That was a long, lengthy, winding road trip there for the Monsters. Six games, 11 days. The good news, longest one of the year, and it was the first one of the year, so it's now behind the team. It's great to be back in Northeast Ohio. But, uh, you know, the Monsters coming out of uh, that 2-4 and four mark on the trip maybe. Be some room for improvement, but a lot of competitive games there, and I think it's good to face a little adversity early in the year and battle back from some tough losses, as the monsters did.
1: Yeah, welcome back. First of all, I know it's been a while since we've had you around, but um, it's funny covering them from home, watching the road trip happen. But I feel like not only the longest road trip out of the way, a lot of these younger guys who maybe haven't experienced a three and three before get a three and three out of the way right away, and definitely uh, get to see some teams that we don't get to see too often.
0: Yeah, so we. Uh, in a minute here, we we don't want to bury the lead, be joined by Monsters forward Jake Gaudet. We've got a lot to talk about Jake with. He's had a very interesting career. Canadian kid, ended up in the American college route there at UMass, and what a great uh, journey he had there with the Minutemen, culminating in a national championship. He was wearing the captaincy at that time for them, so we'll talk to him about that, and also his varied interests outside of the game of hockey, so that's what's coming up here on the Monsters Eye View podcast, but just to sort of catch you up on where the Monsters are as we hit the month of November here. Cleveland currently in third place in the North Division standings at 4-4-0-0 this year. Uh, so they're tied in the point column with second place Rochester, but the Amherst have played one fewer game than Cleveland has. Uh, it's pretty tightly compacted North Division so far. Right now, Toronto's in first place. That's a team the Monsters are only going to play four times this season. The Marleys at 5-2, and two, currently the class of the North Division. Let's dissect the road trip a little bit. Started off after those great uh, two opening weekend wins at home over Syracuse with a What else is new? Tight checking, one goal loss in Utica. The Comets, you know, have the same head coach and Kevin Dineen back. They've lost a little of their offensive upside with some players uh, uh, up with the New Jersey Devils this year. But a really tough place to play as always there. And, uh, yeah, 3-2 loss kind of started things off for the Monsters. You mentioned the 3-3 on to Allentown for a couple of games against Lehigh Valley. Another overtime win for the Monsters on Saturday the 22nd. But it was in that game they lost their captain, Dylan Simpson, to an upper body injury. And I, I think the team's missing him for sure. He's playing a little forward, playing a little defense, but he's just a presence around the team as the team's captain that uh, you can't replace overnight.
1: Yeah, I think you honestly took the words right out of my mouth where it's not just uh, everything that he does on the ice, which like you said is, um, you know, pretty much every position except goaltender. But um, <laughs> And he'd do that too if he I know, to. but uh, you know, his leadership, obviously he's still around the team and everything, especially uh, coming back home. But it's just uh, definitely something that you notice a presence off there.
0: Yeah, so no Simpson uh, for really since then. Uh, That game on Saturday, the 22nd of October was that overtime win for the Monsters. Uh, Emil Bemstrom played hero in that one. He's kept up his great production to start the year. From there, it was a uh, one goal loss the following day in Lehigh Valley, and that's always tough. It's the last day of a 3-3. and You're on the road, and of course, that last game is always an afternoon game, so it's like three games in two and a half days. So the Monsters scuffle there, and then on to Wilkes-Barre, Scranton on Wednesday after a couple of days off there on the road. Now, this was a 5-1 loss, but it was interesting. Trent Vogelhuber talked about that game as one in which the Monsters deserved better. You know, it was uh, a game where the Penguins just kind of jumped out to an early lead and and Monsters couldn't get anything going. But, you know, you see a 5-1 score and you think, oh, yikes. But really, uh, Trent seemed to be okay with his team's effort there. Uh, The following game, though, in Utica, another 5-1 loss this time not a happy camper, was uh, Trent Vogelhuber after that game. He called it the first kind of disappointing performance of the year for the team. And that's going to happen. So maybe not the worst thing to have it happen at the start of the year. Remind you what it feels like after some early season success to kind of hit the skids a little bit.
1: We get a great start at home, but obviously these games are going to happen. They're going to happen at different points. So, you know, get one out of the way, like you were saying, is the first time having that happen. The team sort of can rally back and, you know, rally back exactly what they did.
0: <laughs> that's, that is exactly exactly it. And so the Monsters the following night on Saturday in Syracuse got a big boost in the goal crease there with Jonas Corposalo coming back on a little rehab start, little cameo appearance. And uh, he was great. 38 saves in Syracuse. Uh, and so the Monsters 3-0 and against the Crunch to start their uh, season series. That's always a little satisfying against a North Division rival. But the headline was Corpy. He was outstanding. It was fun, at least for me, to remember sort of his style in net. I mean, he's so entertaining to watch. And, and for him, coming off seven months with Without a game, I mean, speaking to him before the game, he was just revved up to be in a competitive situation again. And he looked great, as he should. I mean, NHL All-Star earlier in his career, Calder Cup champion in 2016. He's already gone back up to the Blue Jackets, in fact, all the way to his native Finland with the Blue Jackets. But he's a guy I've always, uh, you know, been rooting for throughout his career. And and, uh, fun to have him back, if only for a night.
1: Yeah, you know, of course, uh, out of the road trip, that was the one game that I completely missed because I took a personal day off to go to a haunted house and let me tell you I much rather (laughs) would have covered the game for many reasons but yeah it seems like a good trip and you know definitely a good way to end the road trip coming back home and Corpy's back up and everything but definitely can't complain having a good high note there to end on
0: yes and it was uh sort of arrived at the right time because Jet Greaves is sort of under the weather right now and so he was not available for that game Pavel Chayan had played the previous night in Utica the rookie getting a couple of appearances in his first pro road trip there so it was great to get a peek at him I thought he looked outstanding but still Corpy being there that night in Syracuse on Saturday the 29th uh, was great and yes it makes that bus ride so much easier when you can end on a positive note but uh, as we mentioned the Monsters 2-4 and uh, on that road trip so at 500 heading into this three-game homestand coming up just wanted to talk about a couple of the top performers here Emil Bemstrom in eight games has 11 points right up among the league leaders five goals Kirill Marchenko five goals as well tied for the team lead with Bemstrom he and and Brendan Gauntz each have nine points. And then the secondary scoring, Fix Molanski, eight points. Uh, Carson Meyer has eight points. So it's really been a a nice Deep sort of group of offensive contributors to start the year, and it's great to see that sustained from opening weekend all the way throughout a six-game road trip. Uh, you know, I think we can take that for what it is now, and and that's so far really consistent offensive production this year for the whole team.
1: Yeah, you know, I think uh, when you think back to that first training camp episode, when we were trying to make our predictions. We just kept talking about how deep the team was both on offense and defense. But this is just speaks to that that it's not just the top line performing, not just the second line performing. You know, you get everyone contributing offensively and nice to see all the goals and celebrations happen too. Always enjoy it.
0: Yes and let's not forget the power play. That has been excellent as well to start the year. The penalty kill has been the one area that I'm sure these guys want to tighten up but uh, that's what the early part of the season is for is getting your systems instilled and then working on them and refining them and so we'll see. I'm sure that progress as the season wears on. So what's coming up next for the Monsters? Uh, Nice homestand against the defending Calder Cup champion Chicago Wolves. Great to see uh, Cleveland's old buddies from the Central Division once upon a time in the Western Conference, but a couple of tough games on the 4th and 5th at 7 o'clock and then the homestand ends the following Wednesday with another old rival, the Grand Rapids Griffins yes. invading Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. So I, I know I speak for all the guys when uh, I say I'm just happy to be back in Northeast Ohio physically. Everybody got to see their families for Halloween and, and it was uh, nice to finally put an end to that road trip and to look ahead on the schedule because all the rest of the trips this year are going to be easy in comparison, so it's easy to have a positive outlook on the schedule.
1: Yeah, you know, I definitely uh, enjoy getting them back into town and being able to watch practice, which is where we're recording this from. It's nice to just, uh, we got a little taste of it, and then you guys left for so long, it felt like we were back out of hockey season, so happy to have you guys back here. Yeah, yeah it's
0: been several weeks since the Monsters uh, played a game at the Fieldhouse, so I know they're excited to do that. I think right now is a good place to take a pause. When we come back, we'll be joined by Monsters forward Jake Gaudet as uh, he signed a multi-year deal to be Right here in Cleveland, that'll stretch through next season. So we'll talk to one of the sort of foundational elements of the bottom six and the Monsters Forward group in Jake Gudet here in just a couple of minutes. You're listening to the Monsters I View podcast. We are presented by CoinEver. Get paid in crypto. Visit jointcoinever.com. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Monsters IV podcast presented by CoinEver. Get aid in crypto. Visit jointcoinever.com We're here uh, alongside Nicole Villano, Tony Brown with you, and happy to be joined this time around by Jake Gaudette. God's, thanks for taking the time, man. It's great to catch up.
2: My pleasure, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Of
0: course. So uh, early in the season, you know, we'll talk a little hockey, we'll talk a little non-hockey stuff too, but let's just start with you personally. A little banged up to start the season, but uh, in there and establishing yourself in the lineup. How you feeling coming off this uh, long Long, long road trip which got longer <laughs> as it went on it felt yeah
2: like. yeah all the guys are talking almost felt like it was a, a month worth of time in, in 10 days but it's always fun to start the uh, the year early kind of get to know the team really well You spent a lot of time on the road so we had a lot of fun I roomed uh, with Jake Christensen we had a blast we're a pretty good duo and uh, yeah you know I thought we played some pretty good hockey on the trip obviously a couple of results we didn't want but uh, going forward I thought you know we got a lot of good things to work on as a team
1: you know so obviously Tony travels with the team so he gets to see it but for people who don't travel with the team what do you guys do when when you're not playing games on road trips especially how long that one was
2: yeah lots of things we actually uh, we got a good crew of guys that play chess it's so hotel off days uh, we kind of hang out play some chess uh, it's a good crew of guys that uh, exchange books read a bunch of different books so i'd say you know that trying to find good spots to eat just spending time together uh, on the road makes it Pretty fun.
0: I've heard during COVID, yeah, chess is like a thing. It's become like a popular thing for you guys to do. Uh, all right, so give me the scouting report. Like, who's who's the guy to beat right now?
2: Yeah, Dude. yeah. Last year, so first trip last year in Belleville, I taught Tim Bernie. We we're rooming together, so I beat him just the entire year <laughs> last year. And he finally hit the point this year where like I can't beat him. So he's been like just almost beating me every game. Carson meyer's is really good. Josh Dunn's a sleeper. He came out of nowhere. <laughs> but between those four, we got a pretty good crew. And then a few of the other guys will mix in. Jack Reeves. Um, Um, Christensen will play a little bit. Yeah, we got a good group.
0: All right. So, how do you like practice? Like, are you reading books? Like, you got your strategy (laughs) here. You got your opening. uh, You know, like volley. Like, what do you? What do you? How do you sort of tune
2: that up? Yeah, it's actually pretty funny because all the uh, like, I know exactly what Carson Meyer will do. I know what Tim (laughs) Bernier will do. We've played enough together, Um, but we play on Chess.com on our phones, so it's almost like a free ad. But it's got some uh, lessons built in there. So, all right. So, I'm seeing
0: it now. So, on our TV show Monsters OT, we got to get you guys down. Maybe like. four pairs in a room, do a little tournament, break it down, yes. little analysis from Jock Calendar,
2: maybe, I don't know. but You it's see all, those clocks yeah.
1: where you hit like yeah. the, yes. the time and everything. It's like
2: Queen's Gambit. We could have yeah. Tim, Jet, <laughs> and I, and then Carson could be playing all of us at the same time. Is that where it all came from? That show
0: was pretty popular. <laughs> I think that's how it started for okay. a lot of us, yeah. Alright, well, this is great. Okay. <laughs> Producing in real time here. This right. is good stuff. <laughs> Alright, uh, well, gods so let's talk a little bit about Ottawa. Now, you're from Ottawa, and Nicole and I were talking, mm-hmm. not trying to steal your thunder on this question, Nicole, but I love that town because it's unique. It's like half English, half French. I mean, uh, yeah. you, you kind of feel the same way, right?
1: My first team I worked for was Binghamton Senators. So Ottawa was the um, top team. So we'd go up for games, whether it was working the games up there or just going, because the area is beautiful. It was like five-hour drive from Binghamton, so it wasn't too bad. But I was curious like, what your favorite part about it is, because I agree, we used to stay in the downtown area. But especially the Senators, you go out to where they play, you end up out a bit further out there.
2: Yeah, no, I love growing up there. Uh, It's been great to me. I grew up in the Westboro area. So 10, 15 minutes right from downtown, lived really close to my high school, you know, walked home for lunch. Uh, my, both my sisters are right there too. So love Ottawa. I love just like how close you are to the river too. Mm-hmm. So for us, you know, you get bike down to the Island Park, bike path there, you can see the river, you can hit right downtown to Parliament. And I love summers there too. They got Blues Fest uh, right down by the War Museum. Oh, yeah. So there's always yeah. some good, uh, some good artists in town. So
1: do you speak French?
2: I took French until grade nine, okay. I believe. So I know enough to like order food and have like when Olivier LeBlanc's up, I'll talk a little bit of French to him <laughs> okay but you know I wish I knew more for how much time I spent in school studying it all right yeah. well
0: well speaking of Ottawa so you start out there in your hockey career right um, you know growing up in a CCHL right uh, and, and then you end up at UMass so take me through sort of how you got to go the American college route it's become a more popular avenue I think in the last what 20 years for guys coming out of Canada
2: yeah 100% I'm, I'm a big advocate for it just because you know of kind of the length and timeline where you know you have a lot more time to develop I think you know for myself I had at 19 you you know, I went to the Gatineau Olympics training camp and I get eighteen, I went to the Halifax Mooseheads one. And I'm really glad, you know, those opportunities didn't work out. Not that I was you know, I don't think I was really deserving at the time, but I would have had to turn into a professional caliber player yeah. by twenty. And you know, I played in the CCHL, and I think if you ask a lot of people in Ottawa, I don't know if anyone really expected me (laughs) still to be playing hockey at this point. If you know, you'd looked at me where I was at at 17 or 18. You know, at 17, I uh, I got cut from Major Midget, so I played for a different team in Ottawa. It's across the city. My dad, bless his heart. It was driving me to practices. We had practices. I mean, it won't mean anything, but practice 9 to 11 in Maxville. So it was like an hour, 10 minute drive, Wednesday nights. Yikes, so my yeah. dad would drive me. We had a carpool, had a good year and I played junior B the following year. And then it was kind of a big decision for me to, to pursue my college dreams instead of, you know, going to university right out of high school. So I ended up playing in Kempville, was lucky to make the team. I had a pretty good year. And then uh, I had two more years. And you know, going into my 20 year old year, that was kind of supposed to be the year. I had a good 19 year old year, supposed to get some college looks, I actually broke my ankle, uh, had surgery seven games into that year so you know working so hard and then all of a sudden kind of you know this might not happen because of an injury it was a bit frustrating but yeah. you know lo and behold UMass I think was looking at three centermen two of them committed elsewhere they weren't a very good team at the time they had five wins that year and I was able to recover pretty quickly and, and was able to, to get committed uh, before I was even healthy which is pretty fortunate and then yeah the rest is kind of history
0: we're talking here with Jake Godet on the Monsters IV podcast presented by CoinEver. get paid in crypto visit joincoinever.com. you don't get paid paid crypto, right?
2: I do not, <laughs> by low. Uh,
0: <laughs> um, let's talk UMass. Uh, yeah. I think it's so interesting, and you were there at such a pivotal time in that program's development. Of course, Kale McCarr was there, and that was huge, uh, 17 to 19. But Greg Carvell, like you said, took that program from a place sort of at the bottom of Hockey East, and by the time you were finished, I mean, what, two trips to the Frozen Four and then a national title? Just what was it like to be a part of the transformation for the Minutemen? Because it was pretty remarkable, and it happened fast.
2: Yeah, 100% and that's a huge reason I went there it was you know not that I expected that that type of success but when I went and I met with coach Carvel you could tell that he had the framework and the uh, you know the discipline I think in mind and the philosophy of, of culture building more necessarily than you know wins right away and I think that was a huge part of you know we brought in a really great recruiting class full of really high character guys mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of the you know the collective work throughout throughout four years made it pretty special just to, uh, to obviously get to where we did throughout the four years and coach Carvel is someone who's hugely influential in my career and someone I'm really grateful I got the chance to play for him.
1: So when you played in college you know you talk about those four years what's like the first memory you think of college this is just the first thing that comes to your mind?
2: I mean we had four great 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 groups of guys but uh, the last year obviously to kind of leave winning a championship with the seniors that were that were still there, that were there throughout the four years. You know, we played with some unbelievable players, Cale McCarr obviously being one of them, you know, Mario Ferraro, John Leonard, Mitchell Chafee, all guys that are, you know, in and out of the National League. To kind of, to win a national championship without those guys, I think uh, my senior year was, was pretty special, just to kind of share that moment with the guys that were, were still there on year four and had kind of a huge, uh, I guess just a huge role in kind of building where that program is now.
0: Well, let's uh, switch a little bit of gears here. Let's talk about away from the rink, okay? Because uh, Nicole noticed over the summer. Right. You're spending a lot of time out on the water, right? So yeah. uh, let's let's talk fishing here. You seem to be quite an avid fisherman.
2: Yes, I grew up, my family, we have a cottage a couple of hours north of Ottawa in Deep River, Ontario. It's an awesome spot right on the river. And yeah, from a very, very young age, I've been fishing nonstop.
1: So I know, obviously, if our fans follow along during the off-season, I send out these off-season check-ins to some of you guys, and you consistently send me back a picture of you with a fish on a boat in different places. So I guess, uh, and when I say fish, like some of these things, are huge So what's like the biggest <laughs> fish you've caught, and like where was that?
2: So when I was at UMass, can be honest too. Yeah. Be honest, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I'm not, you know, the classic of stereotypical course. fisherman. But I, I was lucky to meet uh, a friend of mine that uh, went to school at UMass. Was at one time he was a fly fishing guide off Cape Cod. So when I'm at UMass in the summer training, every once in a while I get the text from him. It's like, hey, I'm going out for tuna in the ocean. Can you make it this weekend? And I'll be like, absolutely. Like I'll. I think I can. I will that. walk if yeah. I have to to get there. Um, so I've been lucky. The I think three. Or four summers ago we got out kind of a pipe dream ended up uh, catching a big bluefin tuna way out in the ocean the boat uh, like a 22 foot boat we get out there and uh, basically drive around looking for tuna blowing up on the surface so it's a huge kind of adrenaline rush and uh, we were lucky the first every time we went out we caught one and then I think the last three or four summers we've been out probably 10 times haven't got anywhere near as close and this summer was the first time since then that we were able to get out and uh, catch another tuna so it's pretty special
1: well, that's nice so coming in here do you go fishing with like galley at all I know I see he goes fishing a lot too. Is that something you guys have picked up a bit?
2: Yeah, we went out uh, once or twice together last year. I I pick his brain. I think he's obviously busy with his kids and stuff so he doesn't quite have the same level of freedom I think to get out. Uh, But yeah, he's given me a bunch of good spots and I love to uh, get out in the Rocky River for Steelhead. A friend of mine works for the Orvis in Columbus, so he's in town Steelhead fishing a bunch too. Jack Hale, so we get out a bunch.
0: Nice. Nice. Awesome. All right, well uh, let's keep it rolling with sort of the away from hockey stuff. Cleveland, right? It's great to be here. It's great to be in this organization to have this chance to play. But uh, if you could just give us a sense of how fortunate you feel to be in this city because as we travel around the league we all know the american league has a lot of great places but some might have a few advantages that others don't and cleveland is one of those so uh you know how has this city sort of become home away from home for you
2: yeah i love cleveland i love cleveland it's obviously something you know i think ohio for whatever reason gets a bit of a stereotype when you're not in ohio but coming here I- i've loved cleveland uh, you know we, we live in ohio city so there's a ton of fun restaurants to kind of check out and explore and obviously you got the major sports teams too you know we love going to the Cavs games, going to watch the Browns, the Guardians. Yeah. For me, you know, selfishly some great fishing, some great hunting, good opportunities to get outside. So, yeah, I've been really blessed to be here. I and saw
1: in your questionnaire we asked the favorite sports team. <laughs> I saw you said the Cavs. You feel like, especially since you've come here, that's become your favorite?
2: I think so. And it just like in terms of season overlap. Like, you know, we get to go to more Cavs games I think. Yeah. Obviously, I love the Browns have been really fun to watch. Same with the Guardians on their playoff run. We had a ton of fun when they were playing the Yankees. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, obviously with Donovan Mitchell there this year, it's pretty exciting to kind of see what they got going. Going on.
0: Yeah, so far so good. All right, so uh, we've taken up enough time already here, but let's now cap things off with the signature segment on the podcast. This is Nicole's very own shootout segment. So have at it there, Nicole.
1: I'm going to go a little all over the place here because I feel like we've done so much. But first, easy, maybe sort of easy one. Out of all the books that you guys have exchanged and read, which one has been your favorite from this unofficial Monsters book club that Ooh. we have? It's um, getting pretty official. It is getting sort of official.
2: <laughs> I actually haven't, uh, one, none of the boys have read it yet, but I read Greenwoods this summer in Columbus training camp. That was one I really liked.
1: Okay, Um, let's go second question here. I'm going to change it up a little bit. So I know you mentioned before, but can you tell us how important sports are to your family?
2: Yeah, sports are huge to my family. So I have two younger sisters, Olivia and Isabella. Olivia was big into track. We all grew up playing hockey. My dad was really fortunate, or we were really fortunate. for My dad was able to coach uh, all of our hockey teams growing up, which is a ton of fun. My sister, Isabella, played basketball. She actually plays right now at Queens University. So it's fun to watch her games when our schedules don't overlap. And my sister Olivia ran track at uh, Fordham University in the Bronx, and she works in uh, in New York City now. So yeah, huge sports family. We're uh, you know my parents now. Obviously, we've all moved out, so they uh, they get to watch all their games. It's a ton of fun. Kind of brings us all together.
1: That's awesome. And the last one, I'm actually going to shift it a little. I was going to ask the best piece of advice you have ever gotten, but especially listening to you talk about how you are your hockey careers grown and how you are still playing and everything, what piece of advice would you give kids that are looking to keep going in hockey?
2: Yeah, I would just say there's there's no rush. You know, I think uh, for me, I've been really fortunate to, you know, not really have any external expectations. You know, we see a lot of high-end prospects, everybody, you know, they're expected to do certain things. For me, I was fortunate, I think, on the other end of it, to never really have that. You know, I'm here because I chose to work hard and just to try and get to the next level. And, you know, I've been able to do that at a few levels now, and, and, and here I am in Cleveland. So for me, it's something I don't take for granted. I'm really appreciative to, to have the opportunity to play here and to be a professional hockey player. And yeah, I think, you know, you just focus on getting that next level, being the best player you can be and see how far that That'll take you. Perfect.
0: Great stuff. Yes. Yeah. nicely done, Nicole, on the shootout. And, God's, thanks for taking a few minutes, man. It's it's uh, good to catch up with you at the start of the year, and glad you survived the road trip. That was, <laughs> Thank uh, you. That was a lengthy one. But thanks for this. Great job, and we will catch up soon. Awesome. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate uh, it. All right. That is Jake Godet. We'll take a break. Be back with more of the Monsters IV podcast next, presented by CoinEver. Get aid in crypto. Visit JoinCoinEver.com. Well, good stuff there with Jake Gaudette. Fun to catch up with him. And he was kind of a, a late uh, replacement as a guest for this episode. So nice of him to roll with the punches here. We're back on the Monsters iView podcast presented by CoinEver. Get paid in crypto. Visit joincoinever.com. Tony Brown back with you alongside Nicole Del Volano. And uh, fun to talk to Jake. He is one of the guys that is just relentlessly positive uh, no matter the situation. And what I really like about him is you can tell how much he appreciates being here in Cleveland in the American Hockey League. I know all the players do. But uh, this is a great opportunity for him to take the next step in his career. And he seems genuinely thrilled for the chance to be a monster. And I, I just love hearing that from any of the guys.
1: Yeah, you know, he was on our list to talk to this season, but definitely uh, happy to get to talk to him now. He's someone that's been around for a bit at this point, And like you were saying, signed multi-year deal. So we'll get to see him a little bit more. But definitely a positive energy, quiet guy. So I was very <laughs> interested to get to chat with him more and was not disappointed.
0: Yeah, and had some uh, great off-season um, – like like Instagram contributions here as he was out on the lake fishing a lot. And nice to talk to him about that. And and, uh, great to have him healthy as he was banged up to start the year. Well, that should just about do it for this uh, episode of the Monsters Eye View podcast. Uh, Really appreciate it, Nicole, as always. And thanks to all you guys for listening. We'll be back with plenty more in the next uh, couple of weeks. Here's the Monsters. Hopefully by then we'll reestablish some, uh, you know, positivity on home ice and get things going over the 500 mark before too long. Nicole, thanks as always. Great to have you back.
1: Yeah. Yeah, thank you. We'll talk again soon.
0: All right. Thanks to Nicole Del Villano, my co-host. Thanks to Jake Gaudette, our guest. And thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Tony Brown saying uh, we'll talk to you next time on the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by CoinEver. Get paid in crypto. Visit JoinCoinEver.com. So long, everybody.